Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined on this fine, well, shoot, my time. It is uh, Wednesday. It is Wednesday morning, my time. It is Tuesday night, Harrison's time. Harrison, are are you just going to spend the whole podcast just running victory lap after victory lap? Like, did you limber up? Are Are you warm? I don't want you to, like, get hurt here. No, I, I I stretched. I actually did a workout during the game, so I was I was on the exercise bike. I was getting ready to go, keeping the cardio up. You know, I learned from Russ last year that you can you can get your body warm. You know, despite sitting down sometimes and not being playing basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was able to sort of get ready to go. And yeah, it, it is it definitely is still Tuesday as we are recording this live recording because I am still basking in the glory for two more hours of an in-season tournament day that I still have two hours left (laughs) of in-season tournament goodness you know there's no more games going on but it's just these days just feel a little extra special and I just want to thank our our chairman Adam Silver for that You, you know what I noticed? They didn't send me a bracket to send to, to fill out. They didn't want me to fill out a bracket. Yeah, they sent <laughs> they me were... one. That's going to surprise you. I know they uh, they they sent me a bracket to fill out. I had Lakers going all the way because Anthony, you know, there there are forces on this earth that are too great for our like mortal minds to comprehend or stop. I'm talking about you know like the weather, Godzilla. And mm-hmm. the Lakers, when they have a chance to win $500,000 for Maxwell Lewis, okay? You just, <laughs> you can't you can't put a price beyond like the $500,000 on that type of motivation. Like they, they end every single huddle with let's get Phil Handy a beach house. You know, it's just. You know, what's crazy is it's not just the 500,000. Like they made 50,000 advancing to the knockout stages. They made another 100,000 each player uh, by winning tonight. If they win in the they semifinals, hey, their player podcast co-host salary for the year just off of like these two games alone. 
<laughs> that, that would be like a smart use of their money. It's just like to launch a podcast and your salary, you know, if you want to, if you're, if you sit next to that Laker for that season, your salary is already paid off of the win that the Lakers had tonight as they beat the Phoenix Suns 106 to 103 um, in an interesting game. I, I think I would call it an interesting one. It was certainly entertaining. It wasn't as pretty as these two teams can play basketball. There's a lot of foul trouble throughout. Um, the Lakers shot really poorly. Anthony Davis just like forgot how to make layups down the stretch of the game. That was that kind was of a strange experience. One, yeah. uh, also missed a free throw late. Was spectacular defensively. I thought the Lakers defensively, like, I know Darvin Ham is probably going to like be pulled kicking and screaming into this um, into this identity into this uh, reality, but the Lakers I think have found their identity right? They are a team when they are operating at their absolute best that just can absolutely shut your water off. You can have Max out there. You can have Cam out there. You can have Vanderbilt out there. Uh, obviously, LeBron and AD, when they are focused and engaged defensively, especially LeBron, like if LeBron is engaged defensively, that was when the Lakers looked their most overwhelming here, was when you had a couple good role players out there defensively, AD is still AD, and if LeBron was out there closing out hard, you just were not the, the the Suns just like could not score in those stretches, and you know I I kind of wanted to start here. How pissed do you think Frank Vogel was watching this roster? You know, probably not. Yeah, probably pretty pissed. I, I tweeted this during the game <laughs> that you know, I like the years were being taken off his life by how much this Lakers team was killing his team in the paint. You know, anyone yeah. who, any Lakers fan who has been listening to the show or following the team for any length of time, like you know, w was well aware of sort of Vogel's uh, Vogel's uh, predilections in terms of what he wants defensively and what he wants his team to be. And you know, as as our friend Aaron would say, Yusuf Nurkic is not it. You know, he just, uh, he's just a, a foul machine, although got pretty smart once he picked up his fifth where he was just like mugging guys and he knew that the officials were not going to yeah. foul him out. Uh, and so maybe, you know, he was just sort of, uh, he, he was ahead of the curve there. He's like, if I just pick up five really quick, I get like eight minutes where I can do whatever I want. Uh, and, you know, but the Suns just like, I thought the Lakers were bad at rebounding on defense until I watched the Suns tonight. You know, they made the early season Lakers look like, you know, like, like Charles Barkley in his prime, basically just like ripping down <laughs> rebound. It's just like, nobody was going to the ball. It was, it was kind of shocking how much easily the Lakers were getting whatever they wanted in the paint. And then in the second half that cooled off a little bit when, as you mentioned, AD forgot how to make a layup, but um, they were still getting second chance after second chance. Apparently nobody got the scouting report that Jared Vanderbilt doesn't shoot or do anything on the perimeter. So you should probably keep a body on him because he is going to crash. Yeah. He got like, what was it like four or five offensive rebounds in the first half? I thought he gave them some great energy on both ends. Uh, him and Cam's arms were just everywhere on defense. And yeah, it just, you know, you mentioned that this is not, as pretty of basketball as both of these teams are capable of playing. And I think that that's true, but doesn't that sort of, you know, lend it a little bit to yeah. the idea that this was a more meaningful game. This was a little closer to a postseason mm -hmm. atmosphere where teams like what we love about playoff basketball is not that teams are flawless scoring machines. It's that, you know, nerves get a little tight. Guys are getting into each other's jerseys. It's a little grimy. It's a little, you know, it's a little more physical. I, I thought this really did resemble postseason basketball. Yeah, I we'll we'll talk more about the in-season tournament over the course of the season. 
<laughs> mid mid post play in basketball is yeah is i got i got some ideas one of them is the is the in in playoffs tournament from the nba where they just <laughs> it's wild they didn't come up with a better name for this yeah like so you've silver, been tweeting the cup get at me for... we're gonna we got a, i got a lot of ideas for different tournaments we can stage at different times no, just call it the cup like you've you've had the the the, the hashtag out there this long like it's right there just call it the I, cup. I i will be suing for a cease and desist uh you know if they if they take hashtag the cup uh today's show speaking of branding and all that stuff today's show is brought to you by sleeper use the promo code la lounge on your first deposit to get up to a hundred dollars in deposit match Again, that is LA Lounge on the Sleeper app. You can follow me on there at Anthony Irwin LA. Shouts to Sleeper. They've been really great and super supportive throughout all of this. Uh, so let's continue to support them. More on them in a little bit, I think. Um, but yeah, let's um I I I beyond the Frank Vogel thing, because like the last time Frank Vogel saw the Lakers, he had a roster that made zero sense whatsoever for Frank Vogelball, right? Like it just made zero sense. Yeah, it's sort of sort of like the Suns roster. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. Now he's looking at this Lakers roster with all of the length, all of the first versatility on the perimeter, a bunch of size inside. If you want to go super big, you obviously still have LeBron and AD who who had success playing for Frank Vogel as well. And like every so often, as Darvin Ham is like shoving Torian Prince down our throats, I just looked over there to the other sideline. I was like, man. This wouldn't be a game if Frank Vogel was the Lakers coach. It wouldn't be. The Lakers would have blown the, the Suns' doors off by 20-something points if Frank Vogel uh, was the, the head coach of the Lakers still. And and I, you know what, man? Like, sometimes you have uh, art. What's, what's, the, what's the cliche, right? Art uh, imitates life or life imitates art or whatever. Yeah. Um, this, is a, this is a perfect... Uh, I think summary of the Darvin Ham experience as coach of the Lakers. Look at this. Look at this. This is from Kobe Price. Uh, he of the Southern California News Group. He tweets out this image of Darvin Ham right after the game. <laughs> he's face down. He's face down um, there at the podium, and like the Lakers, the Lakers finish this game with. Uh, without if, using if a Kobe challenge. had not finished that tweet with a quote from Darvin, I would not be have been convinced that Darvin was still alive. Like uh, that, it it looks like he collapsed on the table. It honestly, like I I I tweeted and I joked that that's how he coaches. Like that's what it looked like. That's that's basically what you it always he's have there. something to complain about. He's he's not good, man. He's just not. I don't think he's. A, I don't. I. I Lakers I, are five and zero in the in season tournament, Anthony. I don't know. That's, that's I, true. That's true. Seems like you a pretty know, hard record. A record to compile with a bad coach. Over overwhelming talent that he gets to coach, and I just think he bungles it um, a lot. And uh, Torian Prince coming back into that game was just that was wild. Was, but no, you're you're dro- right. dropping the bit for a second. That was the one that I I, I was about to join in the the fire Darvin <laughs> chorus that happens after every single loss. Not I mean not actually. I don't think that I would have actually tweeted that he needs to be fired for. But it would have yeah. you know I I'm having a little bit more doubts, and that was a very concerning sub given how the game had been going to that point, and given sort of what we've seen from the other guys as they've sort of started to come into the rotation as this team has gotten healthier with, you know, Cam coming back, Vando coming back, you know, how good Nax has looked. It's just, you know, like Torian, 
I just I do not enjoy the Torian Prince experience. I I, I it's no. it's rare that there is this big of a separation between what a coaching staff thinks of a player and what I think of a player. Like this does not happen all that often. I feel like I'm usually not yeah. the coaching rotations guy, whatever. But the stat that Tim gave on yesterday, I believe yesterday's pod about like the matchup difficulty that they send at Torian Prince, like that just sort of confirms the, it's like, he's not that good on defense. Why is he your primary option <laughs> down the stretch on Kevin Durant? Like even he's, he's got to be confused. <laughs> Like I think, like I, I, I you it's know, like Kevin Durant teams likes respecting him that much as a spacer. Like it doesn't feel like it. No, he doesn't. No, why would they respect him as a spacer? He doesn't shoot well. He went zero for two from three point range in this one. Like <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't feel like guys, like not that guys are locked into Vando or whatever. Like they're obviously playing way more off of him. But I don't feel like yeah. the, you're getting that much more space from having Prince out there. No, uh, Prince finishes this one in 27 minutes. He scored five points. He grabbed three rebounds. Uh, did have three steals, um, three turnovers, though. So he was, like, stealing the ball and handing it back because he's a nice guy. I just assumed um, Devin and, Booker passed those directly to him. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> it, it, that's really what it takes. For him to get a loose ball, Like it has, to, it has to be a Mozgov situation. It has to hit him in the face, and then he's like, oh, I guess I'll catch it. Um, of everybody who played in this one, uh, on on either team, he had the second worst plus minus. He was on the winning team, Harrison. And it, wait, so is the it, is the losing one on the Suns? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the worst, worst one was on the Suns. I'm trying to guess who that would be. It was Eubanks. You, you wouldn't guess oh, it because you okay, wouldn't yeah. like care to name Eubanks. Yeah. Um. What do yeah, you mean? It was, Drew it, Eubanks, the the tampering god. He like <laughs> the Suns got true. docked one of their like two second round picks remaining for tampering with Drew Eubanks. <laughs> Yeah, of course I know Drew uh, Eubanks. I just yeah. Eubanks finished uh, a minus sixteen, so that tampering was certainly worth it. The the and then Torian Prince was a minus twelve, um, in this one, and yeah, I just you know I I I you know so while we were doing the um all access Lakers uh thing, Shub one of the guys on there was asking like, what's the basketball explanation? What what are you hoping to get from Torian Prince if you are playing him in that spot? And the only explanation, right, is shooting. Um, and he shot two threes. Like, it's not even that he didn't make any of them, but he's not even getting them up. So yeah. I don't really know what he's really providing there, especially when, like you mentioned, the Lakers had Cam Reddish back in this one. They had Jared Vanderbilt. They had uh, Rui Hachimura, who played 21 minutes. Vanderbilt clearly on a, on a minutes restriction, it looks like. Uh, he he also, there was one point where he was grimacing a little bit and sort of yeah. like, so like, I, I think that, I mean, that's probably a well-intentioned minutes restriction. I, I, I would imagine that, yeah. that pain is not just completely gone uh, based on his body language. Um, and then, uh, you know, Max Christie plays eight minutes, eight, eight minutes. Like that's just, I, he, to me is the guy that like, it should be the starting shooting guard. Um, if it isn't going to be cam, uh, so I, I, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't really understand the Torian Prince infatuation and, and it feels very similar to, you know, the Avery Bradley thing. And who are the other players that like, I think Avery DeAndre Bradley Jordan. is like, Oh yeah, that's a good one. Avery Ooh. Bradley really is the archetype of it though. Like with Frank, like it is yeah. sort of the most similar to this. Although like 
I hate to say it, but that's almost disrespectful to Avery Bradley. Like the Lakers it were is. one seed when he played, like he brought something to them. He wasn't, you know, as good as their other guard options or whatever, but he wasn't as sort of actively detrimental as I feel like Prince is more often than not. Like I think my theory on this, this is not an argument for that Darwin should continue to do this. My theory on why he is sticking with him is to sort of, you know, do the thing, you know, this is something that he has been lauded for, his ability to keep everyone engaged. And so he is showing yeah. Torian Prince, a guy that he goes back years and years, all the way back to the Hawks with, I believe. But mm-hmm. hey, I have faith in you. And it, it, when he put him back in, it felt to me a little bit like the, like, no, I know you've been bad. I still believe in you. Go out there. You're going to bring us home. And it's just like, and even Torian is like, I'm not, coach. Please, like, uh, please, please don't, don't put me on Kevin Durant. <laughs> like, all right, Torian, you're going back in the game. Fine. Like, why? But at least I'm not guarding. You're on Kevin Durant. What? <laughs> you're doing what? Like when um, before Vando came back, I sort of understood it more because he was sort of the only guy with like uh, the. Uh, approximate amount of like strength and length combination where you want to throw, I guess maybe cam, but that is its own sort of, you know, that can be a little bit trick or treat too. But now that Mando's back down the stretch of a game like this, like that should be him getting those types of minutes on the opposing wing scorer. And I think eventually that will be the case. I I do really think that like, you know, you combine, I think a a minutes restriction and him potentially tweaking it at at one point in the game. Cause I, I also saw that. I thought it was a clear push off on the play. Um, and he didn't respond particularly well to it. Like he kind of like took a second to collect himself, walked yeah. back up the court, immediately subbed out, I think, too. You sort of hoped um, that that was just him like not quite having faith in it yet and not like yeah. actually a reaggravation, but it was concerning. My alarm bells did go off a little bit. But you know, to be fair there, I think he did come back in and grab like yeah, two he did. or three more offensive yeah. rebounds. So um, and when he came back in it looked looked fine, was honestly pissing off Kevin Durant. Which, you know, on like I thought it was we'll it, when KD got that foul for that blatant shove on him and didn't even argue it because he knew it was a shove. Like he yeah. was just flat, like, yeah, that was a clear like I am irritated with this guy being in my personal space all night. Yeah, I, I, in like we, we'll we'll talk I guess specifically about some of the game over the course of this thing, but like to me, like I think the Lakers have really been searching for an identity, yeah, for the entirety of the season. Right? Sometimes they thought, well. Maybe they'll just be super big and you'll have AD and 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 another center out there a lot. Um, they're uh, you know, Darwin is Darwin, so he tried out a bunch of guards at at various points in this thing. But I really think with the amount of talent that the Lakers have the at the wing position, that's that's the core of the team. That has to be the core principle here is have at least two of, of those guys out there on the court at all times, get after it defensively, get out in transition. Um, and just really take advantage of 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 what those guys can bring on both sides of the court where, like, you know, it was insane. I, I don't think there was enough uh, attention paid to this when it happened, um, in part because I don't think Reggie Miller is very good at his job. But the Lakers... I was watching on Spectrum, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Uh, so then maybe you tell me then um, if, if, they, if they reacted to it the same way I did when, when I was doing the all-access Lakers thing where... Um, they got on like one of the most critical possessions of the game. They forced the Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on the court at the same time into a 24 shot clock violation. Yeah. What? 
that is unbelievable. They didn't even get a shot off. And, and uh, you know, given the offensive talent that was on, on the floor there, Eric Gordon was also out there. Grayson Allen was playing out of his mind. And the Lakers switched everything. Anthony Davis was all over the place. It's why I'm, yeah. uh, you know, okay with ex- you know, not not fully excusing the missed layups. Like, please, Anthony, make your layups and free throws down the stretch and of it's these not games. Like he's trying to miss layups. Like he just missed them tonight. Yeah. Like I don't know what was going on there. You know, that's not a, an effort or anything he can control. Like you know, it's just sometimes the ball early, comes early in the game. He was dunking him. I think he yeah. got a little tired late, and and yeah, those dunks be. turned into layups. Um, but but that was unbelievable. And look, Simon, um, you're right. I. If you guys want me to, I can hop on here and I can I can uh, apologize to Cam Reddish night in night out. But he looks he appears to be a special on ball defender. I think he can, he can get lost a couple times um, off of the ball. But when you come when you have him and Vando and Max or like some combination of those guys out there, even Rui is so physical. Um, and the Lakers are are like, and this is why I like at the end of the day, I think Torian is going to wind up losing his spot is because like the Lakers, when they're at their best, are a very like high intensity, high effort group in your face, knock you off your spot, beat you to spots type of team. And that isn't the type of player that Torian Prince really is. And and no, he's, like, he's very clocking in for my nine to five energy. <laughs> He's like the 20, 25 years in as a CPA. He's like, yeah. I am almost there. Yeah, we're almost oh, there. Man, retirement here we come. <laughs> but, but like I, I disturbingly yeah. chill at at points. <laughs> That'd be the graphic. Like disturb. Like Harrison Fagan says, Tory Prince is disturbingly chill. But no, like like how insane is that, Harrison? The fact that they got that stop in that way against this team. That is un- that is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean the length comes to you know the, the, all of those guys and their length sort of you know is the top of line thing when you see something like that. But I also think that tonight you saw that in other ways, like how much LeBron was able to be in the passing lanes. You know, you and I I think have uh, have taken some crap for our uh, uh, our evaluations of LeBron's defense in year twenty one, where again, mm-hmm. like I think it's completely fair that he's not what he once was. But there are times where he's just kind of downright lackadaisical and you know mm-hmm. just sort of upright, whatever. You know, when you have this much length out there and it's this easy for him to get steals and get out on the break like he those risk reward calculations you can see it in his head become very different it's like you know if i hustle out and i get this steal then i get a really easy basket on the other end and we get some really easy points and i don't have to go to work in the half court and it's you know it's a different risk reward calculation when you know you have a non-point guard like devin booker having to throw you know passes between or around or over these really aggressive traps and all this length and he's able to just jump those passing lanes and get steals and stuff. And, you know, I think that when you have that much length on the floor, it helps him defensively, not just in that he doesn't have to take that primary option or, you know, concern himself with that, but there are easier things for him to do to get a stop defensively than having to just sort of focus on his guy or chase someone around or make rotations or whatever. Yeah. It, when he, when I believe LeBron this was, was they, to, they said it on the broadcast on Spectrum at least. I think this was his high as a Laker in terms of steals. Yeah, well, because you know LeBron, he has this like you know microprocessor in his brain, right? Like the first play coming out of a timeout, he saw what what set Phoenix was getting to run. He saw his guy released to the back corner, and he wasn't guarding somebody who you need to pay attention to in that in that opposite corner. 
and he ditched his guy, stepped into the passing lane and, and got a layup, um, stealing the ball from De- Devin Booker. Booker fouled him on the other end, right? And um, and we all kind of freaked out a little bit because LeBron fell in like the second row. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like when essentially like what he is allowed to become is like, so I, I remember when the discussion began about uh, the type of defender that Allen Iverson was. And for a long time, Allen Iverson was considered a, 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 at least a pretty good to good defender because he had so many steals. Yeah. And then eventually, um, you know, as the conversation about defense got a little bit more intelligent, people started realizing, well, for all of those times that he was going for those steals, he wasn't getting them every time. And at what kind of risk is he putting the defense at every time he doesn't go for one of those suicide steals and get it. And, you know, with, when you have that amount of length and when you have that much like solid defense, right. Where, where cam is so good at mirroring uh, somebody when they're, when they're on the ball and getting through screens and all that stuff. Same goes for max. Obviously Anthony Davis is, is a superstar, like one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. And when you have like that much predictable defense on the floor, that means LeBron can effectively basically say like, okay, I know he's going to be there. I know he's going to be over there. I know AD is going to be over there. Therefore, this is where they're going to have to make the pass. If they're going to like, this is what Caruso was so great is so great at, right. Is understanding like which pass needs to be completed safety role. Yeah. Yeah, in order in order for like the offense to run at, at, at the optimal level. And LeBron is such a genius that he's going to understand which pass needs to be completed. And he just puts himself smack dab in that passing lane, knowing that, yeah, they got that guy over there. Yeah. Or I'm guarding, like because of the other presences out there, I'm guarding a Eubanks, right? And I can, and I can you know, let Eubanks kind of like, roam around over there and, and, and I can gum up their offense over here. And yeah, I, if it, he's, you he's know. like the NBA's tampering police, he's like, hey, you drew Eubanks. We'll get to that eventually. Okay. That's not first line <laughs> item of stopping it, you know, <laughs> but if it does, if it does get over to him, we will get to that, you know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And like what that, what that basically means is you turn LeBron um, into I would say like when, when LeBron has to play straight up defense and, and isn't engaged, right. I think he becomes a mediocre to maybe slightly below average defender for like the first few quarters of a game, right. Where he isn't fully engaged, but if he's allowed, if, if, if you have the personnel out there to turn that defender into actually kind of an offense wrecker because of what, like how he knows where to stand positionally, then then I don't know how you score on that. And and that's yeah. basically what we saw from Phoenix when the Lakers w- would go on their runs where th- they just didn't know where the shots were going to come from. And and sometimes because you have Kevin Durant, because you have Devin Booker, and they're just that special a shot maker, you, you're you effective anyway. But for a lot of the game... Yeah, I'll do respect Phoenix to Sam looked- and Vando. They're not going to be able to stop Devin Booker and Kevin no. Durant all night. They did a great job. No. They did a great job forcing the ball out of those guys' hands. But yeah, they are going to get their buckets regardless. And and like that's what basically kept Phoenix in the game, that and Darvin Ham. But but like I, I thought that... <laughs> but I thought that, that uh, you know, with this kind of... And I'm really kind of curious what the rotation is going to start to look like moving forward. Because... 
like to this point, the Lakers offense has really struggled, but if your defense is that kind of impressive and it allows you to get out and transition, that's going to make you better offensively in general. And then it's also going to like, you know, as, as uh, guys get more confident by seeing the ball go through the basket, it makes you maybe that much more effective in the half court as well. Um, but yeah, this was, this was a fascinating game. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about uh, coming out of this You're one is, is the tournament. We'll get to that. I promise. Um, the, <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is D'Angelo Russell in this one. Um, but, but really quickly, we do have to, to pay some bills here. So, Again, today's show is brought to you by the Sleeper app. Sleeper is a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy uh, fantasy platform in the world with over 5 million active users in 2022, while earning some of the highest levels of engagement per user in the industry. At Sleeper, it's not just about sports. It's about building personal connections and lasting memories. Sleeper Picks are, is our real money product that connects friends over picks. You can choose two to eight of your favorite players from pregame, live, or even across different sports. You can pick more or less than the predicted stats. And then if you connect those picks together, you can get up to 100 times payouts so long as you hit all of those picks. So share with your friends and get rewarded together. Um, a little bit later in the week, I'll be doing my my weekly picks uh, You know, for, for Sleeper. But again, you can follow me on there at Anthony Irwin LA. And if you use that promo code LA Lounge, you'll get a hundred up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Those terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of, of use for details. It's currently operational in over 25 states. So check out Sleeper today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right. So D'Angelo Russell had an interesting. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, they didn't beat Phoenix for like eight games after that stupid. The curse picture. is over, Anthony. The in season tournament <laughs> has solved it. Okay. Look, you know. All right. You want me to get out of your way and just like, you know, go on your rant uh, and, and let you go on your rant about the in, in, in season tournament? Because uh, I think in terms of communication about it, it has been a success. 
in terms of the intensity from these games, I would say it has been a success. It hasn't necessarily been the, I, I'm curious what the ratings will look like coming out of this one. They have a, they had a big uh, ratings opportunity, right? With this game being played on a non NFL night, Kevin Durant for like the second time in like six years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So I think it'll get a good rating out of this. So, so I think mathematically it'll, it'll look like it it's done pretty well. Um, I still hate the courts. I still think the, the, the process in getting here and, and like fan investment beyond like just hoping these guys would care. Um, it, it wasn't great, but, but I, I will acknowledge that my position is starting to look like the losing position. So I'll just get out of the way. And I'll let you take your victory lap. No, I, I appreciate it. You are like Andre Drummond. You are on the bench. You are moving to the side. You are going to mimic my, you know, my like gospel spreading of the my propagandizing for the in-season tournament as I, the LeBron of the IST propaganda, go to work on Jay Crowder. Um, no, I mean, look, it, it, it solved the Lakers curse versus the Suns. I think we can safely say, you know, the Lakers mm -hmm. finally beat the Suns in a postseason game for the first time since 2021. You know, or I guess, I mean, I guess technically this is a regular season game still. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It still it counts. In my mind, it counts because it is part of the single elimination tournament. That that curse is over. Uh, you know, I, I just think in, in all earnestness, you know, like some of this was a little bit of a bit, but I do genuinely feel like this has increased my enjoyment of regular season basketball and a time when regular season basketball games can often be forgettable. Like, yeah, I mean, we would have gotten LeBron versus KD anyway on this, you know, it's a Tuesday night versus the Suns. you know, it would have been on national TV. There would have been some extra buzz about it, but just the fact that all these guys clearly cared so much and were going so hard in this game. And yes, that is an indictment of the normal NBA product that you can't always tell that they're going this hard every single game because of how many games there are, but it, it, it's made the regular season a lot more fun. There's something extra to track. There's something extra to care about. And I do think that, you know, it finally has succeeded tonight because we have fans of other teams crying that a tournament has been rigged for the Lakers, which is how you know it's legit, baby. All right. The Lakers are the Lakers are back. I think I think, you know, people are crying about the refs rigging things for the Lakers. This is this is the most back they've been in a long time. Oh, people are people are complaining, complaining about the timeout thing? Are yeah, people wondering yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. Are they ignoring the fact that Devin Booker should have picked up his sixth foul right before? Oh, the Anthony, you thing? know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just look, besides the fact that Booker mugged him, like that's not reviewable. He shouldn't have gotten the timeout. Like it's the... Um, look, in this one case, we have to conform to exactly the letter of the rules. So no, I mean, I, I just think this has ended up being a lot of fun. It's something extra to care about. And, you know, I think it is sort of the type of thing where every fan base is going to pretend that they didn't care about it as soon as their team loses. I had a whole rant on calling this the Mickey Mouse midseason medal tonight. If the Lakers had lost, I'm going to save yeah. that for if they do lose in the future. But for now, it has been a lot of fun. And it's something extra to root for this team to win. And Will I be using this in LeBron versus Jordan goat debates? Absolutely. If he, if he, like how many in-season tournament games did Jordan win? Like, you know, he was. None that I can recall. Not, none that I'm aware of, unless you count like poker tournaments on game nights, you know, it's just. <laughs> uh, the Lakers actually, because they won this one. How mad do you won... think the, like the, the nineties bulls are that there's now a tournament in Vegas that you can go and play. You can get like a trip to Vegas in the middle of the season. 
if you just like win enough regular season games. I actually think that would have ripped the Bulls apart, right? Dennis Rodman. No, disagree. Like, Dennis Rodman wouldn't have had to take a sabbatical. He it could have been part of the work trip. No, see, but like the but the fact that he's already there, like he wouldn't have gone to any of the practice. Like he just may never have left, right? And like, yeah. you know, Michael Jordan like having another opportunity to be in Vegas, like, you know, I I, I think that the the Bulls were better off without that being a temptation. But all right, um, importantly, really quickly, like a, a really. A quick serious note here before we move on to more of the shenanigans. The Lakers, because they've beaten the Suns one, two, three They're times two. already. They've they've beaten the Suns three times. They lost once. Oh no, they've they've, yeah. they've beaten them all one, three right? times that they played them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh they have they have wrapped up their tiebreaker against the Suns, which that might matter come late in the season um for for, and, for you know and and without that, that 500k dangling in front of them who knows if they get that done <laughs> i i like how like that's a point that everybody makes and it's like it's probably not great that these super duper zillionaires like are just don't care otherwise hey whatever. look that's not my problem i understand what you're saying about fans not having to like getting you know something i i do think that that's something the nba should look at one of my favorite ideas that i've seen people throwing around is like winning it guarantees you at least the spot in the play-in like that feels like the right sort of reward yeah. where fans will care about it but also like you know players will also care about it they'll go a little harder for that you know that kind of thing um but you know and you can I, and by the way like people are saying like well what about the bonuses you can like you can still do the bonus yeah like, you can still I do the bonuses these, these are not mutually exclusive things I'm yeah not, i'm not saying i don't want to see them paid extra i'm saying like i like there's there's no reason for me to care personally yeah that LeBron James, who is a literal billionaire, is going to make an extra five hundred, or I guess if he if you win it right, so you go fifty, two fifty, so seven fifty, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars after the bonuses for each round that you I win. I feel like it might be five hundred k total maximum. I don't know that it's like stacking each round. You get like an extra. I yeah, know. I could be wrong about that. I I, I truly do not know. Yeah, I, 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 I'm basing this off of glancing at a tweet once, but I believe they made a big deal out of saying like, yeah, each player gets a 500,000 bonus after winning the final. And that's how I took it. But again, here's the thing. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like I got to <laughs> whether they make 750K or 500K. That is not something that I'm going to like, you know, celebrate or whatever, or be thrilled about. Um, what I will celebrate, though, is the fact that the, the, the Celtics lost a pseudo playoff game. We got to enjoy that collectively. That is great. So uh, for that, I am thankful for, for the uh, in-season tournament. And if the Lakers win this thing and that separates them at that point. Uh, I'm saying that's the, banner the 18. Celtics, to me, that's banner 18. I, I don't know. It is a banner that you could that the yeah. NBA will surely force the winning team to hang, even <laughs> if they don't want to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I yeah, I. I'm finding myself. And by the way, I never hated the concept of the. No, 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 no. You don't get to walk this back. No, you were hating on it. You were like, why should I care about this? These games are meaningless. I, they, I don't. Why should I be excited that my team gets an extra game against the Suns? They should have just lost. And then they would have gotten a worse opponent for one regular season game. I mean, I still feel a lot of those ways. We wouldn't have gotten th this magical night, though, Anthony, if, if that hadn't happened. <laughs> this magical, magical night. Um, all right. I, I, I promised that we were going to talk about the Angela Russell. We got to your rant. Um, we do still have. Did you do power rankings? I forgot to do power rankings. Did no, you, get you didn't to ask me. Yeah, I, I assume since this was a live show, we were not going to have time. 
yeah, we'll 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 come back to live. Uh, we'll do power uh, rankings. I, I actually no, I came up with one really quickly. I'm power ranking basketball tournaments. Uh, number one, I got the NBA in season <laughs> tournament. Uh, number two, I got March Madness. Um, <laughs> well played. All right, um, D'Angelo Russell in this one, I thought, like, I know Lakers fans have become like oddly invested in proving the narrative incorrect that D'Angelo Russell struggles in these big high leverage games. Um, problem is he doesn't seem as invested in proving that incorrect either. So they shouldn't have told D Lo about the bonus. You know, he's like, Oh man, stakes. (laughs) Damn it. My kryptonite. (laughs) (laughs) Initially, I was like, man, steak sounds good. But now I get the joke that you were yeah. making. That is <laughs> shit. This game kind of matters. Um, so D'Angelo Russell plays in this one. 24 minutes, 3 of 11 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3-point range, um, 8 points, 1 board, 5 assists, uh, no turnovers, which is fine. But he was a minus 7 in the game. And I just thought like never really looked like he belonged in this game. And I really think that like, you know, I know that um, we are now nine days away by the time you guys are listening to this from very, you know, more guys being eligible to be traded. And we are kind of uh, glacially moving towards the trade deadline. But I think it's become pretty clear at this point that the D'Angelo Russell thing cool that he had the opportunity to be uh you know redeemed and and it's cool that he has had some cool moments as a laker all over again but it can't be this clear every single time every single time one of these games are played that he just doesn't belong in it he isn't uh he isn't disciplined enough on either side of the ball it is just it, it 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 just i I like D'Angelo Russell about as anybody as much as anybody. At one point, uh, do we do? Were we doing fines for me bringing up D'Angelo Russell? At, at we, one point? we were at one point, yeah, because you couldn't, you would, you could not go a single show without bringing up the D'Angelo Russell trade that season after. Yeah. So I, I like, and D'Angelo it was we Russell. were still doing a daily podcast at that point, and I was about ready to kill you, like. <laughs> so, like that is all to say that I was rooting for this to work out, but. Uh, you actually went it is... to a Lakers Nets game in a D'Angelo Russell Nets jersey. No, I didn't. That next season, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. Go, I didn't go in a Nets jersey, but I did specifically go to a Nets Lakers game. You were very much to... cheering when the Nets won and officially knocked the Lakers out of postseason contention. <laughs> I was rooting for D'Angelo Russell. I will say that I was really annoyed with the way that the Lakers treated him. Um, both while he was there and uh, on his way out the door. <laughs> um, Pat, I, I promise people listen to this on the podcast the next morning, Pat. I like there's people listen to this on, 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 on a bunch of different ways, but yeah, the, the, the D'Angelo Russell thing, um, there are some whispers that there is a little annoyance with Russell and, um, in 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 the locker room uh and you watch him play in this one i just don't think he thinks the game the way that i prefer a point guard to think the game and 
you know, normally a point guard, a, 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 especially a point guard with LeBron and with AD on it, like the kind of point guard that I have always liked is like the Derek Fisher type who would be like, all right, we're kind of struggling here. Let's make sure we get Shaq a touch because we know that Shaq is going to get us a good look here, right? Let's make sure that we get Kobe the ball. Let's make sure that we get uh, Pau Gasol um, uh, the, the ball, whatever. And D'Lo, oftentimes, his answer for some of those ruts that the Lakers fall into offensively is, all right, baby, I'm shooting us out of this thing. And that is not, I don't if think. If I hit this 40-footer, very... we're going to be good to go. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very sustainable path here for, for D'Angelo Russell. So I, I, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts though on, on D'Angelo Russell? Like again, showing that like these games and the higher that that intensity ratchets up, he just doesn't seem like he belongs out there. Yeah. I, I feel like I was a little mean before in saying that stakes are his kryptonite. I do think that, I think that this is (laughs) that's mine. Like stakes are my kryptonite. It's like I do. I second and third chins. Yes, uh, I I do feel like this is sort of an exceptionally bad matchup for him. Just in that, you know, for the Lakers to have a chance against the Suns team, you want as much length and sort of activity on the floor around LeBron and AD specifically. Like there are games where the Lakers are going to want sort of like a more score first point guard out there and for more minutes and whatever. But it's just like you know, so much of their attention had to go to hey, let's get as many guys as we can towards KD and book at all times that, you know, this is just not really a D'Lo game uh, where I do think that there are matchups that are better for him than this one. But that said, you know, it, it is sort of, what a, is a D'Lo matchup though? Like from good teams, who's a good matchup for D'Angelo Russell. I didn't specify that there are good matchups. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's kind of the crux of my point though. Right. Is yeah. that like those, those teams that the Lakers are going to be seeing in, in April, May, and hopefully June, those teams are all going to pick on D'Angelo Russell and they are all going to, you know, present him issues on either side of the ball. And, you know, I was hoping over the course of the season that, you know, maybe he would take enough strides defensively that that wouldn't be the case. He wouldn't get picked on to that extent there. I think he has, I think he's, he's, he's definitely better. He's certainly more engaged. Yeah, like he's he's made an effort on that on that. Like I want to be as fair as possible as I say all of this stuff because again, like I was really rooting for him to to kind of fully redeem himself as a Laker, but I just don't think the way that he kind of plays the position of point guard and especially if he is a go- if he is going to be seen as the point guard, um I just don't think that that is a a style of basketball that is going to lend itself to success while he's playing next to LeBron and AD, because, you know, a lot of times, and this is one of the things that I was talking to, to, to Tim about on yesterday's show, which by the way, I really do hope you guys check out. Like, I, thought I, I had a lot of fun breaking down the whole Ime Udoka, LeBron James, like <laughs> kerfuffle, whatever we want to call it. Um, but it should not have twice as many views on YouTube as, as the conversation that Tim and I had. Like that was that was a really fun conversation. I thought like smart conversation that we had with uh with Tim. Um you can find that on the feed, you can find that on 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 YouTube as well. But but one of the things that I was talking to him about is how like I think this offense can sometimes be very directionless, almost too egalitarian. Yeah. And and I think D'Angelo Russell's leadership from the point guard position is a big part of the problem. Not the problem. I think five out is kind of the problem there. 
But I think D'Angelo Russell doesn't do much to course correct as as five out can kind of lead to like when I think Phoenix went on a 14-0 run to start the second half. And it took I think it was 10-0. Did it get to 14? Uh, I know it was 10 before Darwin called the timeout. I don't know if they scored four more points. I think now. you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. I think they tied the game up and and uh and it took until like the 8:30 mark of the second half for LeBron James to get a shot. Yeah. You know. And that's like this is me. I played point guard. I know nobody can believe it looking at like this portion of my body or whatever or any portion of my body frankly other than my height. But like um that was the thing that like was expected of us was understand. All right. You got to get the ball to your best player here. We have to, we have to get us a good look at least here um, or force a double team or something like that to get us a better look than contested mid range jumpers with very little ball movement. And I just don't think that D'Angelo Russell thinks about the game that way. And, and, and I think it really kind of hurts um, the Lakers. So I think eventually, you know, I don't know what kind of player that you turn him into. I don't know if you consolidate, um, like, I, I don't even know where Gabe Vincent fits into all of this, quite frankly. Um, yeah. you know, I like with, with the way that these wings are playing, I'm cool with, like, I guess, I guess technically if you, if you send like Russell and one of the wings out to bring in like a really, really good wing, then that really starts to make the, the rotation make some sense. And then Gabe has a role there as well. And Austin is your primary ball handler more often. Um, but, but yeah, that is, uh, the, the D'Angelo Russell part of this was, was tough. I want to spend I, the last, I do want to yeah. say just really quickly in Russell's defense. I, I do think that he has also done a pretty good job of getting AD involved at times this year and sort of mm -hmm. looking for him on cuts and lobs to the basket and trying to get him easy buckets and things like that. Like, I, I don't want this to become a thing where we're just like, Hey, D'Angelo Russell has no value, you know, like just because no, he no, no, yeah. one bad game yeah. against the Suns or for it to come off like that. Like, I think that he has had some games where he, you know, maybe he hasn't won it for the Lakers, but he's been one of their more positive players. There were, multiple mm -hmm. games earlier in the season where he was far better than Austin. I, I think that on balance yes. that Austin is going to probably be, you know, over the course of the season, the better of those two. But I think that D'Lo has had some utility. And I think that there are matchups where he can help a lot on this team, you know, especially when you do need more scoring punch, more shooting, you know, on the floor. Can we talk really quickly here um, about how insane it is that LeBron in year 21, age 39, drops a 31-point, 11-assist, 8-rebound effort on 12 of 25 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3-point range, 5 of 6 from the free-throw line. By the way, 6 free throws, given how often he was driving to the basket, offensive. Well, um, the, he, he only got 6 because it was rigged for the Lakers. Yeah, right, right. But he yeah. would have had 0 if the game was fair. See, the Lakers shot uh, 25 free throws in this one. And the Suns shot 21. So that screams rigged to me. Um, he finishes uh, a game high, tied for game high, plus 12 in this one. He, Nurkic, was a plus 12, but I think that's because Eubank sucks so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think... Like, Nurkic was I also know... in there for some of those runs, uh, the, the positive ones as well. So that probably yeah. balanced out, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought honestly, I thought the game kind of swung when ha when Ham had LeBron and AD sit when the Lakers yeah, were up like was... fourteen or fifteen. Not great. He was like, 
anyway, but but like, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say what is on my mind right now. He treated it a little too much like a regular season game. Like this, this is hashtag the cup. Have some respect, okay? I just, I I, I think with Darwin, he has too much faith in his guys, and like, at some point, the game tells you what you need to know about guys and what you need to know about combinations. We should know at this point, there's like two, almost 200 minutes of, of data now with D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves and Torian Prince, where we know those guys aren't on the court at the same time. They cannot be. And, and yet he still keeps going to those combinations. And, you know, part of that is, is what makes him a good coach, right? Is that unending belief means that those guys believe in themselves too and they are now ready to to come through or whatever but i think schematically and and just in terms of like basketball instincts darvin leaves a lot to be um desired but now i want to talk about lebron though because like it's so easy to take this kind of game for granted right yeah. we've seen it for so long with lebron and he's been doing such spectacular things for i am 37 so for more than half of my life, <laughs> LeBron James has been dominating the world of basketball. And it is uh, like incredible at this stage of his career that essentially he, he ended this game. It was possession after possession after possession after possession in the fourth period where he made the right call whenever it needed to be made. He finished at the rim wherever he, whenever he needed to finish. He was unbelievable. And I don't know, like, what are the ways to say it other than, like, don't take this dude for granted. But, and and I think that's really lazy analysis. But, like, this, what he's doing is just, it, we'll never see it again. I don't think we're yeah, ever going to see anything like this. It's it's completely bizarre. And, you know, yeah, I've I've lost the, wor- the words to kind of summar- summarize the hyperbole and, you know, how just ridiculous it is. You know, it's just... Yeah, I mean, I, I was 12 when he came into the league. Like, and I'm 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 32 now, and he's been good the whole time. It's crazy. Yeah, right. Not good. Great. Yeah. He's been like like the best basketball player in the world for half of my life. Yeah. <laughs> that is obscene. Um, Raj, Raj and I were, were going back and forth at halftime today, and Raj, you know, because he always asks on Twitter about NBA comps, right? And apparently anytime he asks, he asks for an NBA comp, um, somebody will reply LeBron about just about any athlete. And really, like when we talk about actual NBA comps, the only person I think or the only people in sports that you could actually make that case for are Tom Brady because of the longevity and the greatness and all that stuff in football. And frankly, Shohei Otani right now, because of how unique a presence he is in the sport, right? Um, outside of that, if you're throwing LeBron's name in there for just about anybody else, you are doing LeBron a disservice. Period. I know that they, like I know that it always jumps to the stupid LeBron and Michael conversation or whatever, and I think that's really led to a whole bunch of people taking LeBron for granted. And I yeah. think that's really too bad. Um, because what we have watched, the career that we have watched this dude put together is just so effing spectacular. Kevin Durant is younger than him and was moving 
noticeably worse than LeBron was at the end of that game, you know, and, and it's just time after time, after time, after time, you keep wondering when will the Lakers not need to be carried by LeBron or when might LeBron not be able to carry the Lakers in a game like this. And that moment hasn't come. And some, and, and somehow like, I don't know how I don't, there is no explanation. It, 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 flies in the face of every scientific loss or, or, or law that, that exists. What LeBron is doing right now is just so incredible. And uh, like this game, I thought it was a masterclass down the stretch of this game. It was just watching him just, you know, manipulate the defense. And, and now that he has like decent defensive talent around him, he can manipulate, manipulate the other team's offense too. Like this is the, this might shape up to be a, a a real cool LeBron season if everybody stays healthy. Yeah, there's like there's the cliche, and it's a cliche because you know all of us have probably encountered this guy at least at one point in our lives. You know where you go to the local gym, you know your 24 hour fitness, your LA fitness, you know whatever, and there's like the 45 to 50 year old dude who's just like dominating basically because he just he hits jumpers and he kind of knows where to be. And LeBron yeah. can be that guy while also still being able to like posterize people. It, it's, it's crazy. You know, like he can still, he'll have, you know, four or five minute stretches where he's just dominating with his brain. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he just like went to the rim in two steps and dunked on a guy 15 years younger than him. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like there was, there was a moment where uh, I think his name is Keita Bates. Yeah, yeah. Kato yeah, Bates' yeah, job believe, was was yeah. um was was guarding him. I'm just gonna read you Kato Bates' job's um tangibles. Right, he is six eight, two hundred and twenty nine pounds. He's a a good athlete. Uh, he has been pretty good, I believe, for for the Suns this year. LeBron saw him on a on a on a on a rotation and put him in the basket. Like just backed him down yeah. and just put him in the basket. And that's like a, that is a giant human being for all of us. And like, look, LeBron is a giant human being too. But the fact that LeBron being that giant a human being and having this much sustainability to his career is a modern my marvel. We've just never like, seen someone as big as him who just moves as fluidly as he does, who's like sort of as coordinated as he is, you know, who just like looks as normal as he does, like in, in the way that they move. Like he doesn't, you know, we all see, like we've all seen a million big players that just like, you know, there's like a lumber, there's like, you know, a, just kind of a weird lankiness to them or whatever. Like he doesn't look like he was stretched out, you know, in any way. He just is like a normal guy who was supersized. <laughs> I remember I, I will never ever ever forget uh when LeBron was was a uh, was a senior in high school he he his high school like went on this like high school tour right yeah and and his high school played against modern day high school which like you grew up in Southern California you know modern day is powerhouse a a a basketball probably sports powerhouse but especially a basketball powerhouse especially when I was growing up and LeBron stepped out onto this court. I'm like, and and I remember a lot of like, you know, parents who were talking, like we, we were like walking into the, into the gym and I'll never forget the number of people who were like, yeah, this guy's special, but you know, modern day is it's five really good players against one. Modern day is gonna, team. Uh, maybe I know Garrity I was on correctly. there. I don't, um, but, but yeah, like that was, 
that was a really good, I think that modern day team won the state championship that year in California, which is like a, a absolute hub for basketball. And um, LeBron steps out there onto the court and just thoroughly dominated everybody there. It was just a different sport that he was playing. And I remember like sitting there, I'm like, I think I may have just watched the best basketball I will ever watch at this level be played. Right. And that winds up, I think being true was, you know, LeBron, I think winds yeah, up you knew like, ball, you were, you were way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Right. If you go back to, uh, <laughs> like, I think it would have been like September of 2003 or 2004, whatever it was. Um, I, I would have tweeted, yeah, that dude's the best basketball player I have ever seen and may ever see. I never got to watch yeah. Michael play. Twi Twitter didn't time. exist yet, but that's how ahead of the yeah. curve you were. You were tweeting it already. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you're like, you, uh, you're, I, you're LeBron's Lescout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You watched um, him in a dingy modern day gym, you know, and, and you were it like, was actually at the, it was at the Long Beach Pyramid. They played okay. them at the Long Beach Pyramid. It was, but it was just, I remember, but Harrison, that was, 20, 21, no, 23 years ago or something, yeah. in, something insane like that. Like what? Yeah. It's <laughs> <That> just... is... <laughs> the fact that he is still doing this at this age is just unbelievable. And no, yeah, Carlo, I, I think you're, you're right. Exactly right. Uh, we just, we may never see it again. You know, it's just someone being this good for this long at anything. Yeah. Harrison, like it, like the only, the only, Oh, I, I actually know. I, I don't think that's true. I believe in your ability to uh, generate outrage on a daily basis at a LeBron-esque <laughs> level um, for just as long know, as you've been playing. My voice is not what it used to be. I've been struggling with my voice for the entirety of the year. Like I find myself feeling more and more washed on a nightly basis. And um, on that note, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers lounge. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Harrison, for, for pushing through this late, late night episode for you. When was the last time you and I did a post game show? You were doing editorial probably stuff. For probably the Grizzly series. Yeah. So and then before that, I think it had been a long time, but yeah, yeah. not, not very often anymore. I'm I was telling you before we went on air, I'm not built for this anymore. I usually just like <laughs> watch the game and go to bed after now. <laughs> Man, that'd be nice. I still have editing and stuff to do. So on that note, thank you again, though, everybody, for tuning in. This has been an absolute blast. The Lakers again beat the Phoenix Suns 106-103 and secure their bid to Las Vegas, which, hilarious note, that JD, friend, friend of the show, uh, JD, was, was mentioning to me that uh, Reggie Miller kept saying that the – Whoever wins this gets a free trip to Vegas. And like, I think these guys can afford a trip to Vegas. That is way better than any of us will ever enjoy. <laughs> hey, I mean, a free trip on, on the Lakers dime to Vegas, though. I mean, that sounds a little better than paying for it, no matter how rich you are. I feel like the Lakers probably tell their like, tell them like, hey, can we not do like the Mandalay Bay? Yeah, hold, hold on. Like you and I have been to the Lakers hotel. It's It's pretty nice. It is. It is. Uh, because that, that's we're not, not going to say where taxes. they say, we're not going to say where they say on the air. No, um, that's but, how we, that's how you lose any credential but, yeah, in any relationship. We never get invited back. Um, but <laughs> I do remember like sitting in that bathroom though, like <laughs> each stall had a window. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had never seen before. That was unbelievable. Anyway, uh, again, the Lakers beat the Phoenix suns one Oh six, one Oh three. 
and secure a spot in the semifinal uh, to play against the New Orleans Pelicans, which is yeah. almost kind of fitting, right? Like you, we finally get that matchup that, that kind of sort of matters. So yeah, we finally get uh, a postseason matchup, or I guess in-season postseason matchup between the Lakers and Pelicans all these years after the AD trade. Yep, uh, I think that game is what like Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday. Who, whoever wins, uh, won the AD trade. I think that's uh, I think that's what, <laughs> what has been decided. It's the AD trade bowl. Got to retire all the takes after this one. Yeah, because like the next scheduled regular season game is against the Mavericks on on the twelfth. So they probably they 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 cleared out the schedules for yes for these yeah. few games. No, and, if they would have lost today, they were playing on Friday against the uh, against the Kings because the Kings. So an so extra day of rest against a worse opponent. Yeah. <laughs> <Have a great laughs> You're unbelievable. <laughs>